Last week, I began my homily with a confession. And this week, I would like to begin with an apology. I have to say that I am sorry. I'm sorry because during this transitional period, I have not been doing a good job of honoring people's feelings. Some of you will not have noticed this because you do not have particularly strong feelings about the pastor transition. But others of you may feel like I have been ignorant of your feelings, and it is to you that I am sorry. Now, there could be a few different reasons for my oversight. One could be that I love logic problems and systematic thinking, so I naturally put my energies toward matters of the head, not matters of the heart. Another could be that I still think like an engineer, and engineers have a specific process they follow which eliminates unreliable variables, and personal feelings are very much an unreliable variable. Still another reason could be that as someone who has to make decisions for an entire community, I know these decisions cannot be based on something as personal and individual as feelings, so I tend to gloss over them entirely. Nevertheless, regardless of the reason, I have not done a good job with people's feelings. Pastoral care means pastoral care of the whole person, and our feelings are an essential part of our humanity. Even when we have reason to act logically and systematically, our feelings never really go away. They just get put on hold for a time. Eventually, these feelings have to be acknowledged and wrestled with. And your pastor should be an ally in the process of being human and bringing that humanity to Jesus. That said, a fourth reason that I may have been doing a bad job with feelings is that they are much harder to share than thoughts. So we have not really been talking about feelings. I currently have a pretty good idea about what people at Assumption are thinking, but I have a pretty poor idea of what they are feeling. Sharing one's feelings with someone, even an ostensibly supportive person like a priest, means being vulnerable. And few of us have the courage to be vulnerable with someone that still feels like a stranger. Of course, there are plenty of people who tell me their feelings on specific issues because they want me to make a decision based on their personal emotional state. That's not a good way to make decisions, and that's not what I'm talking about. Instead, when I say that we do not talk much about feelings, I mean that we do not talk openly about the deep recesses of our hearts, about the different ways we may be hurting, about the different places where we may or may not be finding Jesus or experiencing the fruits of the Spirit. This week, that changed for me. This week, I had a parishioner share her feelings with me in exactly that vulnerable way. She had been having a rough time with the pastor transition, and she arranged a meeting with me so that we could talk through her feelings. My friends, this was a beautiful interaction, and I say that for three reasons. 
First, she trusted me enough to be vulnerable. It takes a lot of courage to talk to the pastor about a difficulty, especially when the pastor himself may be part of that difficulty. If the tables had been turned, I'm not sure if I would have had the courage to do the same. Second, even in that vulnerability, she managed to act lovingly, because our discussion never became accusatory. She expressed everything she needed to express about herself and her feelings, without pointing any fingers or laying any blame. It is easy to talk about one's difficulties in a selfish, adversarial way, but it takes courage and charity to discuss them in a way that also respects the other people involved. Finally, this interaction is beautiful because this is the sort of thing that should be possible and commonplace if we take our bond of love in Jesus Christ seriously. Jesus gave himself up for us on the cross. Maybe we too can go to the cross of our vulnerabilities to diffuse the power of sin and death by sharing ourselves with another instead of allowing a bitterness to develop inside of us. And Jesus took all of our sins upon himself. Maybe we too can receive the difficulties of others with honor and respect, even if hearing these things might feel like nails into our own personal crosses. For the rest of this homily, I would like to acknowledge some feelings that this parishioner brought up to me that are likely present here in our community. If you identify with these feelings, please know that you are not alone and that it is okay to talk about them. If you do not identify with these feelings, then please think about the fact that a parishioner near to you might be hurting and might need your support and openness. The first feeling is grief, specifically grief at the loss of Father Scott. No matter who followed him, the next pastor was not going to be Father Scott. Father Scott spent 12 years knowing you and loving you and being a wonderful spiritual witness and guide. He may even have married you or baptized your children or buried your parents or brought you to Christ. You can see why pastors used to be a sign for life. They become so close to their people that when they are taken away, it does serious damage to the hearts and souls of the community. Losing Father Scott was always going to be traumatic, especially if you felt particularly close to him. It is okay to grieve the loss of your pastor and friend, and it is okay to talk about it. The second feeling is discomfort. Specifically, discomfort with the fact that I am very different than Father Scott, and I know that. Whether you resonate more with his style or mine, the difference is jarring. He was an extrovert, I am an introvert. He liked to work through personal connections, I prefer to work through systems and processes and org charts. He was a heart guy, and I am a head guy. For some people, this change may be a great loss. For others, it may be a welcome shift. But it is a change either way, and changes are always uncomfortable. It is okay to feel this discomfort, 
and it is okay to talk about it. The third feeling is loneliness. There is a deep human desire to know and to be known, and that desire often extends to one's pastor. It is easy to feel a type of loneliness if I do not know your name or your family or your personal history. It is easy to feel lonely if the pastor just seems like a face at an altar without any context or background or humanity. It is easy to feel lonely when you have 20 or 40 or 60 years of history at Assumption, and I do not share or understand any of that history yet. It is okay to feel this loneliness, and it is okay to talk about it. Now, I cannot control the fact that we have changed pastors, or that I am different than Father Scott, or that it is going to take many months or even years for people to feel like I know them. These wounds can only be healed with time. But what I can do going forward is try to be more sensitive to the fact that some people are hurting, and that these people need the love and support of their priest and their parish community while the transition remains fresh in their minds. And that's why I'm going to hit the pause button on the chanting that I just introduced. Yes, the Vatican and the U.S. bishops have asked us to learn and implement the chanted dialogues, and we will eventually do this at Assumption. But it struck me after my conversation with this parishioner that the chanting is a really big difference right out of the gate, and it serves as a regular and inescapable reminder every Sunday of change for those who are already struggling with change. I want to be sensitive to that, so I'm going to give us some more time to get comfortable with each other before we revisit it. My friends, this was a necessary homily, but I do not want to entirely ignore the Word of God for this Sunday. So two brief and final notes from our reading from Sirach. He says, My child, conduct your affairs with humility, and you will be loved more than a giver of gifts. Humble yourself the more, the greater you are, and you will find favor with God. It takes great humility to be vulnerable with each other about our feelings, to give feedback without accusation, and to receive feedback without resentment. If we can be humble enough to be vulnerable with each other, we will give each other true gifts, the gifts of love found in Jesus Christ. Second, Sirach says, Water quenches a flaming fire, and alms atone for sins. The humility of being vulnerable with each other, that is, the water, diffuses the flaming fire of the devil and our own wickedness. By looking after the needs of others, including the emotional needs of others, that is, symbolically, by giving alms, we remove any space sin might have had to grow in our hearts. My brothers and sisters in Christ, sin dwells in the darkness, but Jesus walks in the light. 
The vulnerability that we feel when we begin to share our deep or difficult feelings with each other is nothing other than the cleansing light of God. Thank you for your patience with me and for our shared journey toward that light together.